Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey, everybody, David Nagel here. Today, my guest is Kelly Bandas, the writer and comedian best known for her popular Instagram and TikTok videos, satirizing everything from millennial motherhood to social media culture. Whether she's hosting a not-at-all-outlander support group or speaking up about things that really matter, Kelly's mission is to always empower and lift up other women through community, inclusivity, and laughter. Today, we're here to talk about her new book, Rookie Mistakes, uh, grown-ups feel guide to getting your act together, which my understanding is is available now, right? It is, yeah, yeah. as of uh, July nineteenth. I had the pleasure of going through it this way. <laughs> Whoa, you! Uh, that's elite level status right there. That's that's a tough read <laughs> on loose leaf paper. Well, welcome to the Successful Mind Podcast. Let's let's start off here by telling me what inspired this book because this is hysterical. Oh, thank you. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, Glad to be glad for you to be here. Thanks. Uh, what inspired this is I have found that some of the toughest, darkest times in my life have, uh, I found a way through them through laughter. Um, I'm from the Northeast, so we do a lot of self-deprecating humor up there. And I wanted to offer that to other people. I do a lot of um, satire and skits online. And, and the most common feedback I get is, I was having a really rough day, thanks for the laugh. Or I'm going through a really tough time and your video just made me smile this morning. And so I thought, man, if I could do this through written word, wouldn't that be amazing? So that was sort of the inspiration behind it. When you when you started off doing videos, being, you know, being funny, was that the intention to, was it focused on people that were having a hard time or, or what, why did you start doing that? No, not really. I mean, I feel like we're all kind of always having a hard time. Lately, I would agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it, it was not intentional, but it sort of grew to be that. I'm, I'm someone who, I mean, you've read the book, so you know, I've been diagnosed with obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety since I was 12, 11 or 12. Um, and so I always find that's a great way to cope. And But I didn't really know that other people did too. So okay. what I've found in sort of building a community this way is, that's how a lot of us are making it through the day. Um, so it wasn't it wasn't the uh, the impetus for it, but it has sort of become that. Gotcha. So so you had this idea that you thought maybe it would help other people because of the comments that you were getting about your videos. But then what? How did you get it to a book? Because I mean, this isn't just a light book. It's not, you know, something that's like 20 pages. There, I mean, this is this is <laughs> substantial. I was actually really surprised. Oh. But it's a page turner. It's like it's hard to put down. The great stories are fantastic. The humor's great. Well, how did that how did you come about? How did you pick this uh as a topic to, to cover? Sure. Well, thank you for saying that. Um, so, I mean, my background, my undergraduate degree is in journalism. So I've always been really interested in being a writer, being a storyteller, being someone who could get people to turn the pages, read below the fold. Okay. Um, and so I, I've always had a passion for that. I am a failed mommy blogger from way back, was not good at it, but I, I had something in me that wanted to create 
something on the page, something that people could read and be like, oh, I see myself in that story. Even though I wasn't, you know, killing my own guinea pig, I see myself as a young girl in that story. Um, And so I think my journalistic roots, making people, wanting to make people feel like they're in the action, I think that's kind of where that comes from. Okay. What, um, let me, let me just share, can I share some of the chapters? I would love for you to. That'd be right. So you got it. So this is what I mean when I first got this, because we couldn't get a hard copy of it. And then we had to postpone the, um, the interview. I thought, and I'll show, I'll just show everybody this here. If I can, if I can pull this apart. I thought, so we printed this off, right? My assistant printed this off for me and I started going down uh, the chapters. And on the first page, it was chapter one through 12, right? i I did not realize that there was a second page <laughs> that goes for, to chapter uh, 27. And then there's a third page, which is that chapter 31. So it is, like I said, it's not a, it's not a small book, but let me give you some of these chapters. Chapter one is called size six. Is it six times? Six, size six, six X. Six X. Size six, six X. X. Yeah. Oshkosh Magosh, Chapter 2, Guinea Pig Heaven, The Fire, One Star Kiss, Trigger Warning, Intrusive Thoughts, with asterisks on on that one, Uh, An Ox with Braces, Sex Negative, Smirnoff Sprints, Hope and Change, Fenway Ambassador, Being Wally, Uh, It's been 86 years, no shoes, no problems, pinhead, pontoon, tinder, first steps. And that's just 17. I'm just going to give them a little bit like if you you just go by that, you could tell that this is going to be an interesting, an interesting (laughs) read, right? How's the feedback been on the book so far? Have you done a lot of interviews? What, What are you, what are you getting? Yeah, I mean, I'm getting a lot of really great feedback. Um, if anyone has anything negative to say, they're keeping it to themselves, which I appreciate. Um, but yeah, I, I've had a lot of people reach out. And again, it's it's a lot of the mental health stuff that I talk about in the book, people that have been maybe silently struggling with something like that, um, or, or maybe more publicly struggling with it, just knowing that it feels good to know they're not alone. And that it to talk about mental health and mental wellness, it doesn't always have to be super heavy. It doesn't always have to be heady and depressing. It can be light and uplifting and not a super self-helpy, here are the things you need to do to live your best life. It's, you know, we're walking through this one day at a time together and it, it doesn't always have, sometimes I feel like it can, it can feel like a little bit of a slog when I'm reading about it, but yeah. hopefully this feels a little bit lighter. Is this your first book? my first book it's your first book i don't think it's going to be your last book <laughs> i hope not that, that is a hell of God's ears. i hope not well it's a it's a great first book what if i'm going to ask you pick a story that you'd like to share with us out of the book something that i mean anything what's your favorite story in the book my favorite story in the book is the chapter called oshkosh magosh which is the story of it, it doesn't even sound like a story but the story of my dad uh, bringing me to my first major league baseball game. Um, and I wanted to dive into that story a little bit because of growing up in the nineties, it was such a, um, you know, boys over here, girls over here. I need to be with my easy bake oven watching Disney princess cartoons. And my brothers are out collecting salamanders and, you know, getting to do the fun, exciting stuff. 
Right. And in the book, I talk a little bit about how my dad comes home from work one day with these two Red Sox tickets. And he is so excited to take my younger brother. And my brother wants nothing to do with this. He's like, baseball is boring. I'm not into it. I'm going to go, you know, round up some tadpoles and do that. This is so your brother that, says baseball is boring. Sorry? Your brother. My brother says baseball is boring. He wants nothing okay. to do with it. He still wants nothing to do with it. Okay. Um, <laughs> But um, in the book, I share a little bit about how I sort of expected my dad to be like, all right, well, I'm going to call a buddy. I'm just going to call another guy to go to the game with, or I have another younger brother. Maybe he's going to take the, young, the other younger brother. But instead, he takes me, which felt like this, you know, golden ray coming down on me. Now I'm the chosen one, even though I'm a girl, I get to go to this game. And what came out of that was this lifelong love of sports and baseball and this bond that that created with my dad. Really? And I talk about later in the book, I end up getting hired by the Boston Red Sox and it sort of like changes the trajectory of my whole life, which I feel like began in that very moment where my dad was like, I'm not going to call another guy. I'm not going to force one of my sons to go with me because this is a boy thing. I'm going to take my daughter. And it, I mean, really like changed our lives in, in this one little story. So did you, you didn't know that you like sports? Up until that I point? didn't really, no, I didn't. I mean, I was only in second grade. So I had, you know, I played town rec yeah. sports and um, I didn't really have a desire to go to the game. I, I did want to just hang out with my dad. Um, and so to get to do that and for it to create such a, a bond between us was, you know, an incredible bonus. Where did you get the insight? Like you have... First of all, you, you're funny. You got a great sense of humor. You got a real cool lilt to everything. But where did you get this insight from? Because I know people. I mean, I have read books of people that are probably three times your age that don't have that, that seemingly don't have the kind of insight in this. Nor do people have. I think it's. I think it's difficult for people to look for the humor that you seem to be able to pull out of these situations. Oh, that's a very nice thing. Did you, did you, were you funny when you were little? Um, I wanted to be funny very desperately. I have, a, I come from a very funny family. I'm probably the least funny person in my family. Come on. No, I mean, I, I will, you'll have to come to our next family gathering because I'm, I'm not blowing smoke. Um, I, so I, I wasn't, I, I probably was funny, but I really desperately wanted to be funny. I think it wasn't until I kind of dropped that desperation that the actual humor and, and professional comedy started to like bubble to the surface. As far as the insight goes, um, I would I would credit probably uh, my mom for that, and I'm a I'm a big follower of um, Father Richard Rohr. I'm not if you I don't know if you're familiar no, with not, him. Not his familiar. Book at all. Um, he is a Franciscan friar and um, along the lines of like Thomas Merton. I don't know if you are familiar with him either, but, yeah. um, but anyway, that's, that's where I get a lot of my deeper thinking from for lack of a better term. Really? Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. Do you have, um, do you have an intention with this book? Is there an intention for, for the public? What is your secret wish that this book does? My secret wish, it's like, I don't want to say my secret wish. No, I, my, my biggest wish for this book is that it would make people laugh. I think as a, as a parent, as someone my age, I'm in my late thirties, it's really hard to take time for yourself 
and read a book. Like that's like, you just put that on the back burner. You're just kind of like getting through each day. So A, I wanted this to be a joy for someone to pick up and read and just the sense of accomplishment I get when I finish a book. Like I, I just wanted to give that to someone in a pleasurable way. Um, Are you doing audio? Also, Are you going to do an audio book? There is an, yeah, there's an audio book available. There is. Do you, and do you yeah. read it yourself? I, yes. Oh, I do thank do God. Good, good. Yes. No, I, it was really, it was so hard. I had no idea how hard that would be. Um, my, my husband's a, or former professional musician. So I was having him give me like breathing tips and things to do in the studio, but it's really very difficult. Yeah. It's not easy. No. Um, Were you I, able to bring I, your per I didn't listen to it, so I don't know yet, but I'm going to, I really would like to listen to it because I yeah. want to see, were you able to bring your funny personality to it that you, that you do in your videos? I hope so. I've gotten, I've gotten good feedback from it. I mean, you know, listening to the sound of your own voice is like nails on a chalkboard. I, know, so I, I was only able to listen to a little bit. So I can't really tell you if it's good or not. I have heard from, you know, from people who've written me and said that they really enjoyed it. And it was like a being able to do like a deep scroll on my social media. Like it felt like just hanging out, which was, you know, definitely how I wanted it to feel. Yeah. Um, well, most of the people that I come across, they can't stand it when somebody else reads their book. And my first book, that's what I did. I didn't have time to go into the studio when it got published. So I had somebody else doing it. And for 10 years now, I, I keep saying, I'm going to go into the studio and I'm going to do it. I'm going to actually do it myself. But even if a person doesn't have a particularly attractive voice, which is not you, you, your voice is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I've never, I've never said, I'd rather just have a professional read, you know, actually read the book. And like I thought, because you're because people hear you, right? And I mean, not everybody that writes a book do people get to actually hear what their voice sounds like. Yeah. But because you're on social media, people get to hear you. So it would be really it would be really weird if you're if you didn't read it. So I'm glad you did. Yes, yeah. Um, but to go back to your question about my my hope for the book, I'm sorry I kind of no, it's okay. Circuitous route to that. Um, I I think I wanted to send the message that you're never too old to change your mind, that we kind of start in one place. And I think a lot of times we get really stuck there, myself included, but to be able to go throughout the entire course of your life with an open mind, be available and open to new ideas and change, even changing your mind completely. Um, Cause yeah, I mean, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. I feel like people get so mired down in their camp and to be able to say more about that. What do you mean? They get mired. What do you mean? They get mired down in their camp. Explain well, that. we just, I mean, I know how I think about things. I have my moral tenets and how I believe about things. Those things probably are not going to change. Right. Right. But I get, I have been so guilty of getting, um, putting my flag, you know, staking my claim on certain things that, I can't hear anything else. I get in an echo chamber and I don't want to hear any other ideas. I don't want to dialogue. I just want to be right. Um, and there, there are some things about which I will not bend, but yeah. there are other things that, what am I doing by screaming into the void to other people who agree with me? Probably nothing. But to be able to think, you know, maybe I'll always think differently than this person sitting across from me, but to have an open mind, to be available to dialogue I think is super important. So I wanted this book to, to plant that seed if it can. What 
What one different thing is in this book that you could talk about? That's it's different than the norm. That, that's different than the norm. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. You're going against the grain. What's what's one thing in here that you would pull out of it? Um, well, one thing I really wanted to do is play with format a little bit. Um, okay. It is it is sort of like linear storytelling, but I have a lot of chapters in there that I feel like are a, a pause or a coming up for air that are just really light and really fun. Um, sometimes I feel like when I'm reading a book, I need to come up for air for just a little bit. So I try to sprinkle some of that in there. Um, so I think that's sort of a break with format from the traditional like memoir, or I don't even really know what genre this is. I think it's memoir adjacent, um, but it's just some more like topical humor, more nostalgia than I'm, than I think is the norm for a book like this. Um, but yeah, that's, that's what I would point to. And then again, just really trying to hit, hit the beats of humor whenever I'm talking about anything. I just didn't want it to feel too, too heavy to, you know, no matter what the, the chapter was about. So did you have, um, like for me, because I've been speaking my whole career, the one of the things that I don't do well is I don't communicate well in writing. If I'm going to do something that I have to write, I have to speak it out and then we translate it and then we take it and try to make it grammatically correct and, and actually make sense, right? Because yeah. so when you read something that was spoken, it doesn't always seem to make sense. Did you have any trouble translating your personality and your humor, your humor into the writing? Was that, was that easy for you? That's really interesting that you, you put it that way because I'm the exact opposite. I have a hard time communicating my point feelings intense verbally. It's much easier for me to write them down to process them. Um, so this felt much more natural to me than even like doing sketches because it, it just, I don't know, it just flows out of me that way. But that's, that's interesting to your point that some people are the exact opposite of that. So when you do things on social, do you write them down first? Like, do you, do you work out your ideas first? or It, it depends on the sketch. Um, if, it's, if it's a little bit more of a traditional sketch, I will, I will write that out. A lot of it is just improv, though. Some of the characters that I do, I'm so familiar with now that it just kind of flows out. All right, out. do one. You got to do one now. Now that you said <laughs> it, you got to do it. Pick a character. Do something. Well, I do, my, I do just any child busting into them like mom you don't have any snacks in the whole house why don't you go to the store and so that character just comes out very easily very naturally but any yeah anything else I do I, I usually do kind of chart out do, do you do this around the house like with your husband with your family um my well they help me a lot of the time uh, do they? I'll show them stuff and they're like no 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 you got to go back and do this part differently so they're they're all good sports about it and you know sometimes they'll quote something that I posted and I'll be like, what's that from? They're like, that's you, you did that. Oh. I imagine that that is a great conflict diffuser. <laughs> yes. Yes. It definitely would be. I get that. I get a lot of people who come up to me or, you know, friends, or they'll send me a message of like, my kid said this, you have to put this in your next video. So it's, it's definitely a good conversation starter. What does your family think about the book? They love it. They really love it. Um, my husband is, an amazing cheerleader and supporter. So he's like, you know, we got to send one of these to Michelle Obama. Like he's sky's the limit for him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They're, they're really excited. Um, my kids are 
all planning to be authors now, which feels really good. <laughs> How old are your children? Sorry? How old, are, how old are your kids? I have three boys. They are 11, 8, and 6. Nice. That's a lot of work. Yes, they are a lot of work. They are a lot of, I mean, I feel like I'm coming out on the other side of the, like, real trenches. Yeah. When we're, you know, diapering and sleep cycles and all of that stuff. Um, so now it's a lot more fun uh, and, and hanging out and listening about, you know, their different made up worlds and video games and sports and all that stuff. So I, I feel like I'm getting to uh, reap some of the benefits now. That's fantastic. I had uh, four kids. They're all grown now. But I remember that once you got beyond two, it didn't seem like you were just adding one. It seemed like you doubled what you had. Yes. Did you experience that? Yeah. Like, that's, one I, more. And it was like, no, it's not just one more. Right. And how many kids in your family when you were growing up, how many kids were there? Just two, me and my brother. Oh, okay. So this was like uncharted territory. For uh, you. Completely uncharted. And I had three girls and one boy. Oh my gosh. Where did yeah. he fall in the birth order? He was the second. Okay. okay. He was the second. Three years difference between the first one and then him. And then nine years, let's see, was it nine years? I think it was seven years, I think, between him and the, the next two. So there was okay. a there was a break in between the, the two sets. So, right. and then, so you and could then it was two girls back to back. Catch your breath a little bit during yeah. that break. Yeah, you're definitely right. It felt when we when we adopted my youngest CJ, it definitely felt like we need more adults in this house. Like the work has, you know, quadrupled, not just, we haven't just added one. Um, but now that they're, yeah, now that they're getting older, it's more, it's more manageable. It's, it's still chaotic, but manageable. And do they like your humor? <laughs> they pretend to at least, I'm, I mean, you know, I'm about to have a teenager so I'm, I'm holding on to him laughing at my jokes for as long right. as I possibly can, because it's not going to last much longer, I'm sure. Yeah, there'll be that break in there where it's like, you're embarrassing me, right? And, right, completely. And then they'll come back and you'll be the hero after that. Yes, yes, I, I'll be looking forward to that. <laughs> so what's next for you now that, this, now that you've got this, uh, this book completed? Oh man, that's, a, that's the million dollar question. I mean, my greatest hope would to be to write another one. Um, really? Yeah, I would, I would love to do this again. But the most fun part for me was actually writing. Um, like I said, that's, that kind of just pours out of me. Um, so I would love, love, love to write another one. And immediately after this is going to be a very big break because big I break. <laughs> feel how like I'm just take? a how quick coma. Um, how long did it take? Start to finish, I mean, truly it took about four years. From oh, like is that right? birth of idea to publish date. Um, yeah, it took a super, super long time. And, you know, I, that's just the process, right? I mean, you know, it takes, it takes a long time to get it to the right hands oh. and meet the right people and edit it a hundred times. Um, so may, then maybe the next one won't take quite as long, but. The editing, I'm never a fan of the editing, right? Like go back and change this and change this and change yeah. this. Like, well, little... I said it the way I said it the first time because I liked it that way. Yeah. How would I change it? Yeah, exactly. Um, are you going to do a book tour? Um, we're, I've done a couple of little stops. I don't know what, um, what else we'll plan for the future. I had a stop in Boston. I'm doing one here in Nashville. But there's no immediate plans for a real tour. But I would be game. 
Um, so we'll just sort of have to see what the future holds. I'm, I'm hoping the book sells really well. So then that will sort of push us to do a tour. Well, I would think so. I mean, I would think if you just keep getting on podcasts, it's, it's, it's going to sell. I mean, I think it's one of those things where people are going, you've got to get this book and read this book. It was, it was fantastic. So kind of bringing this into a, to a a wrap here, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you a question. We like to ask, especially with, with what you did, I think this will be easy for you. It's called the successful mind podcast. So we like to ask all the guests, if you could give our audience a successful mind tip, something that you do that works for you, that helps you, helps you grow, helps you deal with things, whatever, whatever you want, what would that be? I could give people one tip to help them grow and be successful. I think that I would have to say that you have to choose something that you're good at, but also makes you happy. You can't force a round or a square peg into a round hole. So I have tried many careers. I've been okay at them. I have earned a paycheck, but it wasn't until I found something that really filled me up and made me better in all parts of my life that I felt driven to do more. So I I know that's sort of like a privileged answer because not everybody can do that. But I think if, if there's any way to carve out space in your life to find that something that really makes your eyes light up, even if it's 10 minutes a day, 15 minutes a day, and you can kind of snowball that a little bit, I think that you'll find success and joy in doing that. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I think that your book, like I could see somebody coming home after work, sitting down, having a glass of wine or something and reading it and just having a smile on their face, because that's what it, that's what it did for me when I was going through it. It was like, this is a really cool book. It was a different approach. I haven't really seen this before. I mean, um, it, I was like, she's extremely creative because it was, that's the way it, that's the way it appeared to me. And I hope that you just sell the hell out of it. I really do. It's fantastic. Oh, David, thank you. That really, that means so much to me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I would love to have you back on when you write your next one. Definitely reach out and let us know. I will. Thank you. I'd love to come back. Fantastic. Have a great day. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.